The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine. WebmasterRadio.fm presents the Shoe Money Show. Your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, covers all the angles from contextual advertising, affiliates, donations, subscription, direct sales, pay-per-click, and more. The Shoe Money Show will help you get the most revenue using various streams of income. Show me the money. Now, join your host as we bring on the bling. Give it up for Shoe Money. Hey everybody, what's up? Today is April 30th. You are listening to the number one internet marketing radio show in the world, The Shoe Money Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Shoemaker. With me today, I'm proud to have Yero Starek. Yero, did I say your name right? <laughs> not bad, Jeremy, not bad. All right, well, I, I usually butcher him pretty bad. So um, if you don't know Yero, he has entrepreneurs dash journey dot com and uh he has some great content on there i did an interview with him a couple weeks ago and was um pretty i I had a lot of really really awesome feedback about it so uh i'm as everyone knows i'm pretty long-winded and was not short on that at all i think i talked for about 70 some minutes straight so i wanted to have yarrow on and um, he's doing some really awesome things, but I think a lot of people will be interested in his story as well. So, Yaro, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Jeremy. It's uh, a little early in the morning for my liking here in Australia, though. So, next time we've got to move the show, all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll move it for you next time. I remember when I had Darren Rouse on a couple years ago, and it was, uh, it was, it was uh, a little early for him as well. So, what, what time <laughs> is it there now? It's just gone past 7 a.m. And, uh, you know, I've never had a job in my life, so waking up before 8 a.m. is very, very rare in the last 10 years. So, But now you've, you've managed to be there and not have an accent. That's right. I'm, I'm half Canadian, I guess is the, the best way to put it. So it's uh, my, my mom and dad, they, uh, they grew up in Toronto. So uh, I I don't know I, I often blame uh, Sesame Street that I, I picked up the accent from watching that when I was growing up but I think it's a combination of that and uh, my mom and dad as well but I am true blue Australian if anyone out there doesn't believe me just ask me any questions about Australia and uh, I should be able to answer nice so maybe just start from the beginning you know I'm I'm really interested as well I mean I know just by talking with you a little bit you definitely know what you're talking about but I mean I'm not that familiar with how you started so maybe you could just take us back to the beginning the beginning all right well when i was uh in the first year of university here in, in brisbane i was given a internet account and that was actually the first time i got online that was about 97 so not quite as early as yourself i don't think jeremy but um, before that i was you know the kind of kid who played nintendo and, and sega and not so much on the computer so i didn't really even have a computer before then either and uh, when I got to my university, they gave me that you know dial-up account as a part of the package there, and and with that I just started to explore online. And at the time, I was also playing a card game called Magic: The Gathering as a teenager. And uh, about my first year in university, I was playing that game uh, competitively. 
for those who don't know, it's kind of like a combination of poker and chess with a little bit of like Lord of the Rings kind of fantasy thrown in there. And it's quite competitive, too, at, at the, the tournament level. They have people playing um, around the world. Some guys play it professionally. It's sort of like a $6 million pro tour. And I was into the tournament scene for a couple of years there uh, at the end of high school. And, um, you know, I traveled to Seattle, actually, to play in the World Championships and, and Japan to play in some tournaments in Singapore. So it was a really, actually, it was a really fun time in my life. But what happened with that is it, it transferred. Uh, when I got online, I started playing around with uh, GeoCities. I'm not sure if people remember that, but that before it was even owned by Yahoo, it was a free uh, website building tool. And I started playing around with that to uh, basically build a, a hobby website about this card game. I called it um, Magic in Brisbane. And amazingly enough, it's still online at one of those crazy long, you know, geocities.com forward slash television slash some number kind of web page. And uh, I just started writing uh, articles about that, that card game, um, built the website myself using their sort of rudimentary WYSIWYG tool, uh, had frames. I was very proud of myself that I managed to figure out how to use frames and uh, just kept, kept writing that site. And what eventually happened was it, it started to get a bit of traction. It wasn't ever uh, massive, uh, but eventually I you know, got serious, bought myself a domain name, switched over to my own hosting, uh, and basically became all of Australia. It was an Australian-wide Magic the Gathering website. And that went really well. Uh, it was about this time that I was you know, in the middle of my university studies, and I, I didn't want to get a job, so I actually started putting advertising on that site. And this was actually dot-com boom time as well, so I was buzzing with thoughts of getting you know, super rich off some sort of dot-com startup and flipping it to uh, you know, the stock market or investors or something like that. But uh, the Magic site, unfortunately, wasn't <laughs> that big, but... It did teach me a lot about the, the sort of the, the, the framework of making money from a website. You know, how to back then we were you know all about exchanging links to build traffic. So I was out there exchanging links. Um, I hired writers on a volunteer basis, so that was sort of the first time I did any kind of outsourcing. And eventually, and this was a really big smart move with this site, was I added a forum to it, and that forum became the main trading hub for trading these magic cards in Australia and it still is today I believe one of the main places where people go and buy and sell and, and swap those cards and because of that it, it was very sticky very sticky uh, part of the site and that that's what really ballooned my audience and I was able to start making you know the sort of money that covered my bills while I was in university never had to get a job while I was studying there at the time uh, and that was my first ever website so um, I can keep going if we uh, have yeah. time the story, the story runs for a while so yeah sure okay uh, from there, uh, it was a Yahoo print magazine. Uh, do you remember that? Do you guys still have that in the USA? I don't think you do. Uh, not that I know of. No. Well, I saw this print magazine. So this is, you know, paper in the, the news agency called Yahoo magazine. Bought it, read it, and in the magazine there was this story. Again, this is the dot-com boom era about this kid who was in Harvard University in a bedroom dorm. And he was basically running this proofreading business where he uh, edit the entry papers for people going into universities and he ran this business out of his dorm room and it just exploded and i think it was kind of a combination of the fact that it was a guy running a business in a dorm room during the dot-com boom and it was doing well you know people love those sort of stories so he got a lot of press coverage and it exploded uh, long story short he hired 50 people university professors his mom his family, uh, and he kept running this business for a while out of his dorm room. 
eventually I think sold it for about three million uh, around the, the dot com spike period. It was you know selling advertising on the site as well, even though that's not what the core service was. It was an editing business. And I thought after reading that that I would start something similar in Australia. I wanted to give it a shot, and what I did was pretty much start the same thing, but slightly different targeting. We have a lot of international students here, so. I aim to service their needs with uh, English. So they had challenges with English. Now, at the time, I was reading a lot of books about sort of internet startups that were big success stories, you know, the PayPal story, the, the eBay story. And what I really loved, and this is what I was looking for in a business model of my own, was something that didn't directly require my my uh, labor in order to make it work. Uh, in particular, I was looking for something that was scalable and sort of a you know a many-to-many kind of relationship where the the customers and the service provider or the product provider can can service each other without me having to do work, e- mm-hmm. even if we had exponential growth. So uh, because of that, I, I looked how to set up this proofreading business in the same sort of manner. So I basically went straight away and hired the editors. Again, it was sort of PhD students and professors. And then I went out to campuses. And this was my job for a while. I actually went out to university campuses starting here in Australia. But eventually I hit Canada. I actually went to Hawaii once in this as well. I just put out posters. This was my high-tech form of advertising back then. And put up posters all around campuses. Uh, it was a, actually a fun job. And the rest of the job was basically exchanging emails. I would push the email onto the editor, and the editor would push it back to the student. And that was the business model we ran with. And um, I started the business with family. Eventually, it grew. Uh, I took a slight break when I graduated from, from university. I went backpacking down to Tasmania for a few months. But when I came back, I went uh, full throttle into that business. Um, by then, I think the dot-com bubble had burst, so I wasn't so keen on the, the whole flipping it idea, but I was you know, trying to get get it up to uh, cash flow positive and, and living off income. And it did. Eventually became my, my main business. Um, again, taught me a whole lot about what it takes to you know, run an internet business, get some people working for you, you know, set up systems so it ran automatically. And uh, about three years ago, I sold that one off as well. But and here's the connection. While I was running that business, a friend of mine told me that blogs were really powerful for search engine rankings. And I had no idea what a blog was. Uh, I immediately did some research. I found out about movable type and type pad. So I installed movable type on this uh, proofreading business. It's called Better Edit, by the way, betteredit.com. It's still running. And um, I had a blog there. And I tried to write about the subject of proofreading on this blog just to see what it would do in terms of, you know, getting searches and traffic. And really boring subject. Really did not like writing about proofreading. Um, but I knew that was what I had to do in order to get the target customer to that business. But um, short-lived experiment. Uh, a couple of months into it, I switched it over to what it is called today, entrepreneurs-journey.com. Purely uh, a, a hobby. I didn't expect it to become my main business, but uh, I started writing about um, the different projects and both offline and online I had started in the past and basically brain-dumped everything I learned running that magic site, everything I learned running the proofreading business. Um, at one stage, I ran a, a failed sort of English tutoring service. Uh, I say failed because I only had it for about half a year before I stopped it, and that was a real-world business. Um, just the websites, you know, I did, I did some website flipping, I bought and sold websites, and I just chronicled all of this in the blog, and this was four years ago when it started, uh, in, it started 2004, but 2005 was the first year, it was actually a, an entrepreneurship blog, and pretty much the rest is history, I just kept growing it, and it's still doing that today, kind of like you a little bit, Jeremy. 
Yeah, you know, I I think we have a lot of parallels there, you know, just from from kind of having success in business and then, uh, you know, kind of like having a place to brain dump, you know, your thoughts on the industry and not really caring so much because it was, you know, like you said, your hobby. I mean, that's how my blog started, I know, and... And, I, and it's interesting to hear – you hear the same story from almost every successful blogger in, in the space um, is basically that you know, the blog never was intended to do what it's doing. Um, so it's, it's interesting, the parallels there. So, Yaro, we're going to take our first – we have to take a couple – we have to pay some bills around here. So we have to <laughs> – yes. we're going to take our first commercial break. And we'll be back in about two minutes, everybody, and we'll see you then. Time to cash some more checks. Shoe Money will be back in a flash with the cash. Affiliate Convention 2009 Denver. Free for all affiliates and all the information you need to know to grow your business. June 18th and 19th. For more information about registration and sponsorship, visit www.affiliateconvention.com. If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even from the state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. RevenueWire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. Fired up with Gordon Rudo. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Fail, fail. Here's more of the Shoe Money Show on WebmasterRadio.fm. All right, you. And with the cash. No trading funny stuff. Now, join your host, Shoe Money. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So, talking with Yarrow Stark. Um, so, Yarrow, you know, you, you have some pretty, I guess, a lot like uh, me, you've you've kind of leveraged your audience and, and built some products around the actual blogging niche yourself. Yes, <laughs> I certainly have, and it's uh, a great model. I love the the model of you know raising your exposure through a blog and then you know tapping that into products you release and the, you know the built-in trust you've got from running a blog just translates into a wonderful customer base. It's it's fantastic. So the your was blog mastermind your first? It was the first like- product. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's basically 
you know, I, like most people, I started blogging and I, I played with Google AdSense to begin with. Um, then I started selling, you know, sponsored ads on my blog, um, did some affiliate marketing, uh, tried all these things. They all, some worked great, some worked, you know, not so good. AdSense was never a big, big payday for me, but, you know, I've, I've done really well with affiliate marketing. Um, I, I have sponsors on my blog that have, you know, pretty much paid the bills since I, not since I started, but, you know, from about six months onwards. And, uh, Although, I, you know, as an internet marketer, I constantly study internet marketing. And, you know, we've got a few sort of mutual contacts in the, in the internet marketing world, you know, the John Reeses and the, and the, you know, Jeff Walkers and Rich Sheffrins and those guys. And I, I always studied that side of the fence, and it happens to be the topic of my blog as well. So I was learning, constantly being told to start a product of some kind, you know, sell your own product to really make big cash. And um, it took a long time. You know, I really... I have to say one of the biggest mistakes I made is taking so long to get a product on my own out the door. And eventually, bit the bullet, I had a, a mentor here in, in Brisbane, actually, uh, a couple of people who are internet marketers here. One of them's named Andrew Grant, and he said, you know, just, just get it out the door and, and don't stop, you know, playing around. I, you know, I played around with an ebook. I tried to play around with different tools to deliver it and just wasted time. Eventually, launched uh, blog mastermind which is a training program for bloggers who want to start uh, making money from that and it was pretty much the first i think you know membership site style course online on that subject released back in 2007 and yeah uh, i think that was that was the first time i had really heard about you was when you when you launched that and i think i saw it on you know like darren rouse and uh, a few other people and and you really showed up on my radar anyway i mean um and and I think it's really cool, you know, like the people you mentioned, John Reese, and and a lot of those guys. That world to me has been always foreign. Um, you know, we've always done our own affiliate marketing or you know our own stuff, and so and mu- and much like you, those guys were always telling me you got to make your own info product or whatever. You know, just get on. You know, like you've got this huge audience and you've got all these people that follow you. They they're begging to buy something from you. You know, and. You you need to give them something, and we'll help you promote it. And so I'm sure you got the same the same talks. But we kind of did like a middle ground with our with our shoe money tools, which is finally like a, well, we did an advertising network you know years ago called Auction Ads, which I guess that was the first time we ever really leveraged our audience. But um, you know, I think tools is kind of our first almost info product because there's you know there's a marketing tools, but then also um, there's a lot of of info stuff. There's a lot of guides and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now your blog mastermind site—that's mostly like a like a blog kind of coaching. It's a a twenty-seven week program that takes people from the beginning, and all successful bloggers pretty much know there's a formula for succeeding, and it starts with content, then traffic, and then you get money as a result of that. And you know, a lot of bloggers focus first on money, especially the ones who don't make money. And I think it's you know really important to learn what it takes to produce good content, and then what it takes to market that content. Um, you know, not everyone I guess gets. I don't like to call it lucky, but a lot of us who have had success with blogging have kind of started at the right time. Um, you know, being in the right situation to produce compelling content just because of who we are. I think uh, you know perhaps you and myself, Jeremy, are examples of that because of the experience we had. It, we were able to just pull on that and produce good content and build an audience. But not everyone sort of intuitively does that. So they need a bit of training on how to produce the content that will succeed, how to get out there and tell people about it, and then 
then the easy part actually is to how to make money from it. If you've got traffic, the conversion part usually is the easiest step. It's just a case of testing different things, as you know. But uh, it's getting the traffic that's the challenge for most bloggers. So uh, the, the Blog Mastermind program pretty much takes people through that process with a lot of um, you know ancillary resources to sort of help people through the process. And so would you say like the blog mastermind thing, like what kind of experience level should somebody be who's ready for the project, for the product? I mean, well, with that one, you know, we've, we've been running it for two years already. So I've had um, quite a few people go through it and it's interesting to see the, the range. It's, there's definitely been a, a skew towards the, the super beginners. Uh, but there's also been a lot of people who have, I guess, had blogs and have, got some traction just never really made it big time and i think they've really enjoyed some of the more advanced stuff you know um a lot of people just don't get how to make money from affiliate marketing or just the simple thing you're not building an email list with your blog which for me was the biggest turning point ever and i I mentioned that a few times of course you know i would not be where i am today without that list it really is my asset and and most blogs out there don't build one it's incredible so um that you know, there's some things like that in there, but it definitely, you know, if you're a beginner and you haven't got a blog yet, the first few lessons cover that. And you know, when I first launched the program, I remember I had some some more experienced people complaining about the fact that they didn't want to go through the beginner stuff. But you know, I told them it's worth doing this just to get the bases right. And, you know, double check that sort of thing. But you know, you can't serve everyone. So I do say, if you're new to blogging, you're probably the best person because you're starting from a base, and you can then. Uh, go through the process from day zero and, and get yourself up and running the right way. Awesome. You know, I think that it, it's so it's so critical. I know what you teach with um, the content and everyone gets caught up in they want to make money. I mean, it's like anything else. It's it's not going to happen overnight. And if it does happen overnight, it's you're not going to last because you didn't know how to do it in the first place. So, you know, I think that the formula you find for long-term success, whether it's wh- whoever it is, is it's kind of like the preparation meets opportunity, also known as luck. But, you know, I think that people that are always prepared and always ready, I mean, like, I, the luckiest things we've ever done have been because we had everything ready to go. And so, you know, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't really believe too much in luck. I mean, and, and it actually pisses me off when people say good luck, and I always tell them it's not about luck. But anyway... Yeah, you know, there's, there's an interesting perception of what luck is, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a couple interesting questions for you because you've you've got an affiliate army. I mean, an absolute affiliate army. I noticed, you know, with your last deal that I was helping you promote there, the um, the site. Um, I know I totally butchered it when I wrote about it, didn't I? <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, but I sent I sent clicks though. So yeah, true, true um, to form. <laughs> yeah. So. It's you know I gotta tell you like the whole typo thing like just ADD side moment is kind of a funny subject with me because first of all it's not intentional but I try to play it off sometimes and it's I've actually done some studies with um, especially in blog posts where if I well for instance I just do you watch Lost at all Oh going through season five right now on iTunes I love it Oh great well we'll have to talk about that offline but. So um, I, if you actually like, I, I, the, the guy who plays Benjamin Linus on there, you know, Michael Emerson is, he's an incredible actor, I think, and he was on um, Jimmy Fallon the other night, and so I intentionally posted it to YouTube. Um, this is how silly my mind is, and I and I put Jimmy Kimmel, and I did it on purpose, and so 
it's so I, I put it in the in the YouTube thing. I put like, hey, you know, Michael Emerson was on Jimmy Kimmel the other night, blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, it got like forty comments that was like, "Hey, dumbass, this is Jimmy, you know, whatever." Just because I knew, and it, it's so funny how when you make typos or do things that how it engages people to interact with you, whether it's positive or negative, and it really kind of is. I mean, it's and, it, and it, before I know it, it's got like fifteen thousand views now because. It had so many comments so fast that it got promoted, and you know, in the search, it shows up higher, and it's just like the social proof that people think, "Oh, this must be important." There's so many comments and whatnot. So then you fix it at a later date. I don't know. I have fun with some of my blog posts. Like sometimes I'll intentionally typo stuff, and I'm always amazed at the people who come to my blog and correct my typo or grammar in the in the comments. And then they come back to see like if people have noticed like how smart they are or I don't know. Yeah. I, I had that uh, happen every time I release a report. It's always, oh, hey, I, I saw a typo. Um, I won't tell you where it is, but if you give me a free copy of your product, I'll go through and edit the whole document for you. And <laughs> it's just rude if you ask me if you you know you approach someone that way. But um, oh, I haven't yeah, had so that. People just get off on that sort of you know. I'm, I'm smarter than you, and it's a, it's a personality type. But you know, proofreading proofreading is a good business. I can't knock it. So, <laughs> sure. You know, the interesting thing that I was kind of getting to is a friend of mine named John Hassan, who um, he does a lot of incentive-based websites. And he and I was talking to him one time about um, typos and how I wonder if they would actually improve conversion, like. To make a landing page that actually has a bunch of typos in it versus one that doesn't. Like, does that really matter? And it was amazing. He actually published what he found is that he, he used the word like the like three times in a row. It was really strange. And that, for whatever reason, on a thousand visitors converted like 30% higher than if he just said it one time. So, you know, it's it was really, really, really weird. Like, why would that work? But... I don't know. Sometimes conversion stuff, which is what I wanted to get into with you, because I notice you have kind of like the long form on um, if you go to like the blogmastermind.com slash coaching page, and you've you've kind of adapted kind of the long sales letter and stuff like that. Have you experimented a lot with with various type of landing pages and sales copy? You know, actually, it's interesting you say that because I'm I'm pretty much certain that's going to be the last time I'm sort of going in that direction. I've I've not necessarily from a conversion and testing point of view, but I think from a, I mean, ultimately it is, but from a message to the marketplace based on how people perceive you. And I've, I've always copped a little bit of flack whenever I use a long-form sales page. And, uh, you know, I came from the school of internet marketers and everyone uses that. And, uh, you know, obviously it's worked well enough for me to you know, run my business off. But... And if you go to, we've got another page. Uh, it's probably not worth putting it up there, but a more video-focused page. And I'm noticing this from you know everyone nowadays. Everyone's focusing on the video as their sales page. And to the point now where some people, uh, Frank Kern, for example, uh, recently in our industry, uh, no sales page, just a launch video, like just a video where you know shows the product. That's it. Here's a buy button next to the video. And I think uh, that's great because it eliminates that issue people have with, I don't want to read the whole page, it's full of hype, it's full of junk, and they disqualify you based on principle. They don't even give you a chance. In fact, you're using that page, you're gone. Now, that could be a very small minority of people who may never have decided to buy in the first place just because of the, you know, who they are and where they're coming from. But um, you know, it'd be nice to, to sort of satisfy all the people all the time and keep a high conversion rate. So 
I'm thinking, in fact, I was talking to my business partner just uh, yesterday that we're pretty much going to focus on, you know, video as the core sales message for, for landing pages and for um, sales pages in the future and just a bit of copy, not not the, you know, hype-free kind of copy, which works for the persona that I put out, I think all most of us bloggers put out, and you can't imagine Darren Rouse putting out a long-form sales page or Brian Clark doing that. Jeremy, I, I could see you doing it, but I don't think you have. Um, no, I would, so. I would definitely try to test it, but um, I'm waiting for someone to come out and actually say, this doesn't work anymore because, I, I mean, I just don't want to do it. To be honest, I think it's a ton of work. I mean, I'm looking at yours. You've got a ton of work in here. I mean, there's all these videos. There's all these quotes from people. There's... I mean, this this page, I mean, is this like a template or is this, I mean, like, because I always look at these things and I'm like, holy crap, this must have taken forever to make. Yeah, <laughs> that's another reason not to use them. It, it's uh, it's expensive. It is the most expensive part of any launch I've done so far has been the sales page. And I'm, I'm almost like exactly like you're saying, the, the relief of not having to do one would would speed up the, you know, the output I get as well and, and the, reduce the costs. So, um I'm definitely heading in that direction, and this is the last one I've got coming out now. This will be the last, I think, long-form page I use. But it, it's it's actually focused on video first, and then the sales page comes after it. But I'm prepared for the, the haters to come in and, and give me some flack. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not a hater. I mean, I I admire. I'm a student of marketing, you know. So whether it doesn't really matter what it is, you know, if if it if it works, I'm thrilled, you know. Because the thing is, and, and I write about this a lot, is you've got to really look at it and take you're not I like I'm not your customer generally I mean I'm not your typical customer so and and I'm not and you're not your typical customer so a lot of times what we look at and dismiss like oh I hate those long sales things I'm not you know I'm not the one buying so you know with something works you know I always want to look into it I just I'm testing now um, something very interesting with our shoe money tools thing where it's just a video with a sign up form versus more of a long page description and mm. and we're seeing some interesting stuff you know like to where people will sign up with the shorter one but more people will sign up and convert with the longer one so and it, and it really kind of depends on who we're targeting so if it's a, a list like if for instance if i'm targeting my newsletter readers they do a lot better with the very short video and sign up form and if i'm targeting you know like if we do a you know, like somebody sends out an email who's like, uh, I'm just trying to think of somebody off the top of my head, like just somebody who has a, an email list out there who maybe is not that familiar with me, then the the longer, more detailed, that still has a video, um, you know, does better for that. So it's, I, I think, that's, you know, that's exactly the concern, where the target, where the customer is coming from is the big thing. And I think the people who have gone the the pure video route, know that most of their audience are coming through a channel where they're already familiar with them and they built up a relationship over time. That The sales page you're referring, referring to for me, that blogmastermind.com, the forward slash coaching one, that one, while initially when I launched, everyone was coming from a base of knowing me. Since then, a lot of people who maybe have only just had one exposure prior to seeing that page. So it tends to convert better in that case. But it's you know you just got to test this stuff. That's all you can do. You know, I, I think it's and just for the people out there listening, I just want to share, you know, like this is something that you really have to think about and you really can't, you really have to do your own testing and you can't really, I mean, it's important to listen to what everyone says, but you've honestly got to let your numbers speak for themselves because that's, that's where the truth lies. And, 
So the one thing that we're telling people now is like, hey, if you're pre-selling all this stuff, like you're using the shoe money tools and showing the value of how you're using it and all this stuff, then send them to this quick thing where they just, you know, there's a video there that's upbeat and going, and then there's a sign-up form. But if you're just saying like, hey, my friend Shoe Money came out with this tool set, go check it out. Then you know, send them to this more long copy, more detailed, where it kind of goes into the value of everything. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's working for us so far. And um, we we found out, you know, it really makes a lot more difference, you know, in the actual sign up page to split test stuff than because it, I don't know, you know, I think I think so much there's there's a lot of emphasis on the actual form page and not a long, not enough on the usability of the actual payment page. But I know, like you're using uh, a shopping cart um, deal, well, so we're on, I mean, we're on ClickBank now. Yeah, so you don't really have a whole lot of control in that. But I mean, we're testing things like: do we put like the recurring thing? What color do we make it? Do we make the color? That, you know, in the actual like, because it's it's weird how much that stuff we found makes a difference. But you know, I've read some other people they say it doesn't really matter. The orange button, you know, which is kind of the famed. Uh, Amazon kind of made it popular that they got a 20% lift in conversions or whatever they said years ago by making their buttons orange. And then everyone tested it and said, oh, yeah, yep. I see that now too. So, But now orange is like the new white you know, on yep. buttons. So so now it's like, is that really – now you, you almost need to test something else. So we, we've actually found that just the blue one works for us and, and it hasn't really made a difference too much. So but- – you know, for me, Jeremy, I actually hate all of this. I hate conversion testing. I know, I think you, you get off on it probably a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't stand it. I've always been a case of, you know, I'm, I'm a creative. I want to write content, produce podcasts, do videos, but I don't want to test to make a sale. And I, you know, I, I would spend my time building the relationship and hope that will be enough to make the conversion. Uh, and and that, I'm, I'm sure that's cost me a lot of money. But I've made enough that I'm happy and content, and it, and it leaves me the time to, you know, work on the, that part of the, the the business that I do enjoy. So, I think some people maybe get, and this would happen to me. I got stressed out thinking about all these things I need to consider and test, and I said, "Well, bugger this! I'm just going to put out some good stuff. Whoever joins will join, and it's, assuming it's enough for me to be, you know, I, you know, paid for my house, my car, and my lifestyle, then I'm just going to keep doing it like that. And that's good enough for me right now. You know, it might change in the future, might hire someone to do it for me, but that's the way I do it right now. You know, I think that's another excellent point for those out there listening is that, you know, it all starts with great content and build outward. Like I hear people talk about SEO and how cool it is and it's important. You know, that's cool. And then you hear me talk about conversion stuff and all that. And that's great. But the bottom line is if you don't have great content, you're sunk. So all that stuff's cool and yeah, I get off on a lot of this stuff, but that's only because I'm really – you know, when you when you believe in your product, it's almost like um, – I would call it like an angelic or like a, a feeling of like, you know, I can, I can get up in front of anyone um, – and and talk about it and take questions or whatever and it's it's I'm like invulnerable you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. so once the product's in place and I've made an awesome product you know I mean actually the conversion stuff and SEO stuff and all that stuff is kind of my hobby to be honest I mean exactly. so I'm with I'm with you that like building the great product and the relationships is like your day job and then you know the other stuff is fun. But those who I, – I mean I meet people who haven't even made their site yet and are already worried about 
they're reading everything about eye tracking and usability testing and, and should they use white versus black or red or how they're going to do their SEO. And I'm just like, build the damn site, you know, like, you know, and then worry about all this stuff. So I think it's a great point you made that, you know, you focus, you know, really on, on making a great quality product first and foremost, and then everything else should fall into place. And usually SEO wise, it does, um, you know, it, Great sites rank well, first and foremost, because they have a good product, not because they're gaming Google. And I think as Google tweaks you know, more and more and more, they're going more towards usability and looking at what users are doing and not so much by who has the most backlinks you know, and stuff mm, like that. Exactly. So, I've, I've, been I'm surprised not, by, sorry, say, I've been surprised by how many SEO conversations I've had lately that have pretty much ended on the point where just worry about organic content growth, you know? Good content over time, which will result in good organic link growth over time, which will get you search rankings, you know, long tail, obviously. And uh, that seems to be the foregone conclusion. You know, you can play with all kinds of little tricks and tweaks, but that's the over overarching concept that's driving SEO, I think, at the moment. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the lately been the poster child for seo sucks which is i actually wore a shirt i just embraced it i was like i mean i had a well somebody sent me a shirt that said seo sucks you know for my free shirt friday i ended up wearing it to like the biggest seo conference which is you know <laughs> and it was funny you know because all the people that know me and know seo like they get it they know what i'm talking about and and of course the majority of seos 99 percent of them out there hate me because you know they can't sell their fly-by-night services so on that note, we got to take our last break. And when we come back, I want to get into your new thing, which is really my bread and butter and passion, which is subscriptions. So let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. Time to cash some more checks. Shoe money will be back in a flash with the cash. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as passion.com and fastcupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. 
It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of Cirque, SEO rock stars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Fail, player. Here's more of the Shoe Money Show on WebmasterRadio.fm. All right, you. And with the cash. No trading funny stuff. Now, join your host, Shoe Money. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, with me still is Yero Stark, the mastermind um, behind site, <laughs> site Mastermind. And I'm probably going to completely You're butchering butcher. it again, man. <laughs> so, it's, so your first product is Blog Mastermind, which was – it's a 27-week training course on – you know, learning the whole ins and outs of blogging. And, I mean, it has incredible, incre- I know he's being very humble, but it has amazing, amazing, like Darren Rouse is saying, God, I wish this was around when I started, um, all this stuff. So, you know, I, I highly recommend you just check it out. Um, now, Yaro, you're getting into your next product, which is... <laughs> you should have me say this, right? Uh, membership yes. site mastermind, man. <laughs> <laughs> membership site mastermind. Now I've completely butchered it and called it site mastermind and whatever. Well, you know, I understand why because I released a report. This is what's out there right now. Last Monday, called the membership site master plan. People are really confusing that with mastermind. So I, I can see the difference. In, you know, especially if you've got maybe ADD, which I hear you have, it, it can be a bit tricky. So, so tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Well, you know, I haven't ever reached a point where I felt uh, that my income was sort of consistent enough over time until I launched that, that blog mastermind program, which is sort of a month-by-month um, coaching program. And you know, before that, the proofreading business was great. Um, it was fairly consistent, uh, but obviously it wasn't based on something I taught, so it wasn't as fulfilling. Um, the magic site was kind of advertising income, which is very hit and miss. As anyone who's run a blog knows, if you're relying on sponsors all the time, um, you know, look at the recent months we've had with how much advertising has been pulled out of the internet because of you know all the people scared of a recession, pulling out money, don't want to spend as much. So, for me, the day that I actually launched that first membership site uh, was just a breakthrough in terms of the stability of the income source. Uh, that being said, it, it wasn't you know a perfect system from day one. It sort of took the last two years to play with it and get it to the point where I'm happy with the simplicity of it. I'm a big fan of, of simple. Like I said before, I hate conversion testing. That's probably spans and connects with the fact that I like to use a simple system so there's less variables that I need to control that, that could go wrong. Um, of course, you know, you've always got things to deal with, but the system is quite simple now. So with that in mind, I wrote this free report called the membership site master plan that just went out which has had some fantastic uh, feedback i'm um i'm of the, the, the sort of the rich sheffern school of uh, and everyone evan pagan you know moving the free line giving away tons of value on the front end for free and i think every blogger knows what this is about because that's what we do every day when we blog and that in turn leads to a, a nice core group of people who join your program so i'm actually right in the middle of launch right now as we're speaking so the, the master plan went out on monday uh, I've had a couple of videos going out, and next Tuesday on May 5th, uh, assuming all the ducks line up, the uh, the program will actually start, and I'm opening up for a week before we begin actually training for a, a six-week intensive program. So it's all about setting up your own membership site. 
And I mean, like I, you know, I'm a huge fan of memberships. One of my first big successes, Next Pimp, was you know when we discovered subscription. Um, even though it was it was kind of weird, I know I could have done that much much better. But you know, it's one of those things like we just talked about a minute ago. Is like you know, have a great site, great content, and the money kind of you know you just pull the wheelbarrow up and it you know it dumps in. You know, it's I explained it to my wife one time. It was like we had a money tree in our backyard, and I just got to be out there shaking it because I mean, once you once you have the traffic and you build the site, it's it's all kind of downhill. So I think it's good stuff, and I think a ton of people. I'm sure you'll sell the crap out of it uh, if it goes anything <laughs> like your your so. first one. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you're 